This episode of Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs, is sponsored by Hamilton Law Firm and is intended for general educational purposes. It's for fun. For specific professional advice, reach out to any one of us. This episode for Bosses for Bosses, we are going to be talking about whether to outsource or not. I'm Aisha Hamilton with the Hamilton Law Firm. I'm Josh Irons with River Avenue Digital. I'm Jason Meyer of Meyer Business Law. And I'm Alisa McCabe of First Steps Financial. We're all bosses. And if you're running a business, a team, or running your own career, then you're a boss too. These days, we're all entrepreneurs using our wits and our enduring creativity to stay nimble and to turn whatever we've got into success. The team and I all run companies that help other bosses with different aspects of their enterprise because entrepreneurship is our passion. And this is Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs. So this is a question that more and more companies are grappling with. Should I outsource? You have work to do, and maybe you need to outsource it, or do you hire an employee? So 24% of small businesses outsource to increase efficiency in their companies. And if you're already outsourcing, you're in good company. IBM is the largest outsourcing company in the world. 70% of companies surveyed in a recent study said that the top reason that they outsource is for cost reduction. So typically for startup companies, there's a bootstrapping time when you are at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. You do it all yourself. And for a time, you can. As you grow, you will need to decide, should you hire an employee or should you outsource it? The answer for each firm is different depending on the skill set required, company, culture, size of the company, and the financial position. So Aisha, why did you hire versus outsource? You've done both. So what were, you, were your reasoning behind it and, and, you know, what made the most sense for you? So I will say that like most entrepreneurs, I've done both and I've made mistakes on both. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll give you my answer based on personal experience. <laughs> when I first decided to outsource a task, I didn't think enough about what that task was and whether the person I was outsourcing to would be able to handle it to the in the way I wanted them to handle it. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the work product itself. I'm talking about some outsourced companies will not give you the same person every time on your account. You don't have a dedicated account person. And so if you're having, you're getting a new person handling your task who picks up your task out of a pool, essentially, then you've got to retrain each time and say, that's not how I want the letter done, or that's not how, you know, this particular task needed to be accomplished. In the legal field, you need to train people on what what our rules of ethics are and what they can and cannot say and what they can and cannot do and what you can and cannot represent to a client. And currently, I outsource my phone answering service. Mm -hmm. That's it. You can answer the phone. You can say what my company is. You can take a message. And I don't care who does that as long as they're polite about it, right? (laughs) But any detailed conversations that are going to happen with the firm representing my brand and representing sort of who I am and my legal ethics 
have to be done by an internal person that I've worked with and trained, and she's fantastic. Um, and that makes sense. I love how you how you define that. It's like, okay, this is something that it's okay as long as they're polite, but this is really representing my brand. Right. And in the other part of it, honestly, like IBM, right? Because I'm that fancy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, you right. do it's, have it's white shirts and black ties only. And, and, <laughs> and right. That's, right. That's right. You do outsource for cost, right? So I retained your firm, Alisa, to handle my bookkeeping. Now, it's important that I have somebody who is competent, who's qualified. And in fact, you provide a dedicated team. That's pretty unusual, right? So now I have somebody who's directly on point, who is my contact person every time, and they're sending me follow-up so I know the work is being done, right? So that's the other part of outsourcing that you have to be prepared to say, I don't have this person on site. I need you sort of following up with me. I need you checking in with me so that it's one less thing for me to think about. It's certainly cheaper than hiring a full-time bookkeeper. I've hired Josh's company to do marketing stuff. It is absolutely cheaper than having an in-house person. Oh my God, yeah. These are cost-based decisions. But when you're looking for an outsourcing company, look for people that will give you a dedicated team. Look for consistency. Not everybody does that. And not so cheaper isn't necessarily better. Right. Um, even as outsourcing, don't don't go just because of cost. Hmm. And Jason, I know you're thinking about hiring, outsourcing. You're like on the you're on the fence there mm-hmm. about this and not sure of what to do. What, you know, from a business point of view, like what does it make sense it, like legally? I think there are times it makes sense and there and there are times when it doesn't. I mean I'd say, yes, outsource for expertise. You know, mm-hmm. if it's something where where you need some expertise and you don't need it all the time, right? Outsource to get an organization, to get the benefit of having not a person, but an organization like First Steps Financial, like River Avenue Digital, for example. Outsource for cost sharing. That is, you know, this is something where I don't need to, you know, I don't need it all the time. I can share that cost. I like outsourcing as a way to work with fellow entrepreneurs and small businesses. Right. If I if I know enough, you know, and and we team up that way and back each other up, so to speak. Um, and I also think outsourcing works well. There's that big step from not having any employees to having your first employee, and that that's a big that's a big cliff or it's a big plateau to get off of, whatever geological metaphor you want to use. A way to smooth that out is to say, well, I'm going to outsource that first before I go to a hire. Those all make sense to me. I would say, particularly legally. The time to avoid it is when you're outsourcing just because you want to avoid hiring somebody who should be an employee. When you're calling someone an independent contractor who really should not be called an independent contractor, they should be an employee. And I'm stepping into Aisha's wheelhouse a little bit here, uh, so so please chime in. But even from the employer side, I would say, look, classification disputes, who's an employee and who's an independent contractor, which one should be which, they are, man, they are for real. This is not like some distant threat, oh, maybe they'll catch us. No, the State Departments of Labor, they love to nail you on this stuff because it is a revenue generator. Don't hire an independent contractor of someone that you plan on really treating like an employee or someone who should be classified as employee. And I would add from an entrepreneurial point of view, 
when you get someone who really should be an employee and you call them an independent contractor, you're sending a message. And the message is, you are expendable. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure you want that. You know, getting back to what we talked about last episode, I'm not sure that's the way to build a team. It's true. I said, what's, okay, that's actually a really good point. How do we avoid these pitfalls? So be very clear, as we've been discussing, be very clear about what the job description is. Okay. And there's a list of 20 categories that you need to fit to be able to call somebody an independent contractor. I will tell you that at least in New Jersey over the past year and a half, since the independent contractor bill did not go through and did not get voted on the legislator by the legislature the way they wanted it, the Department of Labor has been enforcing those rules anyway. And they've enforcing them with a vengeance. And they result in significant penalties. So you're looking at penalties not just payable to the employee, but the Department of Labor as well. And you, yeah. you do not want to tango with that because yeah. then you're going to spend council fees. And you have to audit your own books. You have to go pull up all the financial information and prove to them, like, this is how much you paid, when you paid. You have to bring up. It's very costly to the... Right. This is not an intuitive thing, yeah. right? And it is not like the simple IRS rules about who should be an independent contractor. New Jersey has its own rules. They're very precise and they are tough. Yeah. California too. So you got to check. Sounds awful. It, <laughs> well, you know what, Josh, this brings me to you. And you have done both. You've hired employees and outsourced. And like, do you see a quality, a difference in the quality of work that is produced And secondly, do you see a difference in engagement? Like, are they like for the company? Because Jason made a a mention to that, but talk to us first about quality of work. How, what are you seeing? So it's, it's all about finding the right freelancers or outsource help because you want to make it as easy on you as possible as a business owner to get the output that you're looking for rather than having to micromanage somebody. So we've had a mixture of both. We've had people who have come in and have almost been like they're part of the team, interacted, produced. And then there's been people who we have to stay on top of and say, okay, is this done? Is this done? Is this done? And it all comes down to accountability. So when I hire, I know that somebody's going to be accountable. When somebody is a mercenary, they are kind of out there on their own and they can leave at the you know, drop of a drop of a dime. And yeah. that's, that's one of my biggest fears. So when I hire, I'm hiring so that I have that consistency and I have that accountability, but there are positions that we have that that's not as critical to, oh, to the, right. of the business. Yeah. So for instance, we have a, I have an amazing virtual assistant who helps me with little odds and ends that need to get done. And I, I know I know her, I know everything about her family. We have a great relationship and I know I can count on her. She doesn't want to be a full-time employee. She wants to be um, <laughs> a freelancer who who helps out when when we need her. Okay. And that's a perfect relationship. I mean, everybody knows their role. But then we've had other people who, I mean, we've really had a push and, f- and follow up with and, and that's not what you want yeah. in somebody who is outsourced help. Right. The outsource to help. Jason, you were saying there's that big step as a business owner to hire your first person. And to mitigate that, you, you maybe can outsource because it really is like for hiring that employee, you have to have brain power and time to manage that employee. But for outsourcing, you shouldn't have to manage them. 
So if you've outsourced it, agree with that. Oh, really? Because you're, it depends. I mean, if I, if I'm outsourcing the answer, my phones, there's a low level of management involved. If I'm outsourcing to a virtual assistant who I want letters drafted, sent out, I still have to review the stuff and sign it. If particular tasks, particular phone calls, you are managing as much as you would be managing the in-house person. And I think you have to wrap your head around that, right? So I'm outsourcing my bookkeeping to you. I don't have to manage that, but I I would have hopefully hired an in-house person if I had wanted them in-house, who I similarly would not have to manage as much. They would just be as responsive as your company is. So don't go into outsourcing, assuming you can set it and forget it. I don't think you can. Yeah, no, I, I I don't think that way either. But I think it's it's less management than an employee. That's my opinion. I just feel as though, with first of all, you're not supposed to direct their work. You're not supposed to do a whole bunch of things. So if somebody has their own business and they're offering these services, you are hoping that they manage deadlines. I don't mean quality of work because obviously we have to review quality of work, but I would hope that if I outsourced anything, you know, we're looking at possibly outsourcing an an IT company. I'm hoping that they would come in and take care of deadlines. Hey, we need this done by next week. Things like that. Your internal employees would do that too, right? Yeah. What are they doing working for you? Yeah. Well, I would expect them to do that. I just wouldn't think that I would have to manage an outside firm and with any of that, with internally, there might be more, more give and take, like about deadlines or even more in the work to, to be done. And to stay safe from the Department of Labor, the example you're giving is exactly right, right? So if you're outsourcing something that is not your expertise, yeah, then you're fine because yes, Josh will come in and take care of the marketing and it's done. And, you know, your company comes in and takes care of the bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is not my expertise. It's not within the scope of what I ordinarily do. So I can outsource it safely, right? If I'm outsourcing a lawyer task, the Department of Labor is likely to find that that violates the misclassification rules because they are doing what I do. I'm just not paying wage tax on it. And the state will come back and get those. They'll get me. They'll come back for those. They're not waiting around. Well, great. I think this was such a really good discussion. I enjoyed this. We'll be right back with our boss moves of the week right after this message from Hamilton Law. Hi, I'm Aisha Hamilton, the principal at the Hamilton Law Firm. We're located in Princeton, New Jersey, and represent clients all across New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. In particular, we represent employees and their claims against their large corporate employers, negotiating separation packages and employment packages, and as appropriate, bringing those claims to court to hold employers accountable for discrimination and retaliation. We also represent small and medium-sized businesses and protect them from claims by their employees. The Hamilton Law Firm is pleased and honored to support the Bosses for Bosses podcast. Thank you for joining us. Okay, we're back. We're going to talk about our boss moves. And I'm going to start with Josh. Josh, what's your boss move for outsourced hire? What do we do here? When it comes to somebody who's outsourced, it's all about setting the expectations up front and letting them know what their responsibilities are, what you need from them, and when you're going to need it. And if you're able to do that, 
and communicate clearly with that person and they can clearly communicate with you, you're probably going to have a very good relationship going forward. All right. Awesome. Jason. I'm going to sound like a real estate agent. There are three rules (laughs) for outsourcing and the three rules are contract, contract, and contract. You need to have a written document. The written document needs to cover things like confidentiality, how much you're paying, how you end the relationship, what the duties are, who holds what liability, who owns the work product, and what the classification of the person is. Writing those down is not just a guarantee. It's like your only guarantee that all of these issues are covered the way you want them to be covered. And I'll give you one more hint, and that is if you're outsourcing, outsource to a company, to an entity. If you are a sole consultant service provider, form an LLC or a corporation, and then people can hire your company. And when they hire your company, they don't have to worry about classification because the money isn't going to an individual, it's going to an entity. And that is a safe harbor, even in New Jersey, against question (laughs) of employee classification. And I love it. So, By the way, I used to tell freelancers who wanted to write for my company, I would say, I really want to hire you. Go form an LLC. This is how you do it. It's going to cost you 125 bucks. It's no big deal. Form an LLC. I'm hiring your LLC. I'm not hiring you as an individual. And I see Aisha, she's nodding her head. I know nobody can hear that, but she's she's going, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let the record show. <laughs> Aisha, what, what about Council you? What's your, boss, what's your boss move on this? My boss move is listen to Jason. He's, <laughs> I don't form the LLC. Talk to Jason when you form the LLC because it's a little bit more than just paying the filing fee, right? There's, there's more obligations that go with it, but it's not Thank overly you. partisan. My boss move is when you're interviewing outsourcing companies, and I recommend that you interview them, speak with more than one in that category, Mm. and make sure that you're going to get a dedicated team. Make Mm -hmm. sure when you call, you're getting the same person on the line who understands what your business is, and you don't have to keep explaining what your objectives were. And that's the company that's going to float to the top. Awesome. My boss move on this one is do your research on who you're outsourcing. So Google them and ask for referrals. You would be surprised at how much stuff comes up under Google. So just take a moment and do that. And I think that will help you. It would also help you find just what Aisha said is to find more than one and do a little bit of research and you know pick the top three. Well, I want to thank our audience for listening and thank all of you, Jason, Aisha, and Josh for being here. And we are looking forward to more awesome episodes coming your way. And we will see you next time on Bosses for Bosses. Thanks for listening to Bosses for Bosses, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.